Hello and welcome to the High Performance Business Solutions Coaching on the Go podcast. This is Paul De La Garza welcoming you to another installment of what hopefully is going to be an enlightening moment that will bring you clarity and engage you into higher heights in your professional efforts. Today we are welcoming David Allen. Our mind is for having ideas, not holding them. That's why David Allen created Getting Things Done, which is the work-life management system that has helped countless individuals and organizations bring order to chaos. Getting Things Done enables greater performance, capacity, and innovation. It alleviates the feeling of overwhelm, instilling focus, clarity, and confidence. After decades of all-in-the-field research and practice of his productivity methods, David wrote the international bestseller, Getting Things Done. Published in over 28 languages, Time Magazine heralded it as the defining self-help business book of its time. In 2015, he released a new edition of the book with new insights, updates, and discoveries about the world of getting things done and its many personal and professional applications. Today, David is considered the leading authority in the fields of organizational and personal productivity. The David Allen Company oversees the Certification Academy and quality standards for global partners offering Getting Things Done courses and coaching around the world. It is my pleasure to welcome David Allen. How are you? I'm terrific, Paul. Thanks for the invitation. My pleasure. The first question that I would like to ask you is, you wrote Getting Things Done. Tell us a little bit of your background and then what compelled you to actually write that book and what is the primary message you wish to convey? Well, I had a small consulting practice. I started in the early 1980s looking for models that would work for entrepreneurs and startup people and people in my network that I was starting to build my practice with. I also had a a love of clear space. I hated being distracted in my head. I had a black belt in karate and, and spent time in the martial arts and meditation practices and so forth. And I loved the fact that you were most productive when your head was clear. So I both had the attraction to clear head and an attraction to find models that help me get my head clear and then turn around and then see if those models work for people I work with. Turned out they did. So over a period of years, I developed and uncovered these best practices about how do you keep your head clear? How do you give yourself plenty of space internally to think strategically, creatively, keep focused on the meaningful things, not be distracted by the stuff you've let fall through the cracks, et cetera. And I just developed that into a methodology. You know, then I was invited into the corporate training world and, and sort of got thrown into there and developed some training as in seminars around all this that worked really well. And then, you know, after 15 or so years, I, I still didn't know what I'd figured out. But by that point, I discovered that nobody else seemed to have figured out what I did. And I wrote the book. So I wrote Getting Things Done, first published, the first edition in 2001. But that was after thousands of hours I spent desk side and also in front of thousands of people in the corporate training world uh, and one-on-one executive coaching, testing this model, refining it, making sure that it was bulletproof. So I wrote the manual. And then that manual sort of went global and went worldwide. It's in 30 languages and, you know, 2 million copies. It's all over the world. And so now I'm, you know, uh, now I'm working to with partners that we found to help us both promote and distribute this methodology through training and coaching around the world. So there's a very short version of a very long story, Paul. 
Well, that's great. No, it sounds really exciting. And I, I'm looking at the outline that you have created for getting things done in, in terms of the methodology that you refer to. I see that it's divided into five stages, capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. So give us a brief uh, description of each of these stages and tell us how our listeners can effectively enhance their ability to getting things done, which typically in my experience, when it gets to the point of execution, oftentimes the wheels come off the bus. They yep. Yeah, I didn't make these up, Paul. I recognized them. If you've ever had your kitchen out of control, you did these five steps to get it back into control. If you ever had a meeting out of control and you got it back into control, you did these five things. But they're actually five different things. So first of all is to capture. If you walk into your kitchen and it's out of control and you've got guests coming over in an hour, what's the first thing you do? You identify what's off, what's got your attention about the kitchen. Right. Obviously, not, not the spices that are already up in the spice cabinet, but the spices that are out on the counter. Right. So you start to notice things that are not on cruise control. So you, first of all, you have to identify what's not on cruise control, if you understand what I mean by that. Sure. And, and then secondly, you need to decide what is it? Is that a dirty dish? Is that a spice? Is that a clean dish? What is that? And then you need to clarify exactly what those things are that are not where and the way they need to be permanently. And then you need to then organize the results of that thinking into appropriate places. You put the spices back where they go. You put the dirty dishes where they go. You put the good food back in the fridge, et cetera. Step four, where you need to then step back and reflect on the whole game and take a look at all that. Say, okay, it's, I got guests coming over in 30 minutes. It looks like the kitchen's all together. Here's what I think I'm going to cook or prepare for appetizers and drinks. You go to the fridge, step five, and engage. You pull out butter and start to melt it. Now, those are the things you'd actually do. You didn't think about them necessarily that way. I just uncovered those are the five steps. That's how you get your kitchen under control. Is gets how you get your company under control. Is how you get your consciousness under control. But most people haven't actually applied those in those much more sophisticated and subtle ways. But you could. And I just figured out what that formula was and then how to do that. So if you got a bunch of sales-oriented just listening to this, Let's take that for example. First thing, capture. What's got your attention right now about any clients or potential clients? You got that out and all in front of you. You've written down every single thing that you might need to think about about any of that or thoughts you've got about it. Great. So there's a big data dump you need to do if you haven't done it lately. Secondly, you need to go through each one of those things and decide, well, wait, what exactly am I committed to do about that, if anything? And what outcome am I committed to complete about that? Then you need to decide, oh, okay, is there a next step on this client X? Or, no, it's on cruise control. I'll just let it happen and I'll hear from them if I hear from them. Oh, by the way, is there a certain time you want to hear from them by? And if not, better get that off your mind as well. So there's a clarification process, which is actually quite subtle and quite powerful. Once you understand something has got your attention about a situation, then you need to decide exactly what it means and what you're going to do about it, if anything. Then step three, okay, that's a phone call I think I need to make to that client, but I can't make it right now. Let me park that somewhere. Where do you park it? Park it on a list of phone calls you need to make. So when you have time and a phone, you know, you have that out in front of you. You got a, a map to, you know, keep yourself productive. Step four is to make sure you're looking at your calls list. Make sure you're looking at all the open loops in terms of your clients or prospects. That's the reflection process to make sure you're stepping back and looking at the appropriate content. Then step five, you go have a beer and you feel great about it. That's an example. You're doing it all the time. We're all sort of doing it all the time. Most people have a huge improvement opportunity, though. This is a great example, David. What I hear you saying is that what, even though we are doing this, 
oftentimes we are actually engaging in the process. What I am hearing you say is that you are recommending or you are giving us the structure to do it consciously, to do it presently. Would that be yes. correct? Most, most people do it when things uh, blow up instead of when things show up. Like most people will do some version of this when the pressure or the heat from the client, from the boss, from the situation, the, or the deadline is so on you, you've got to sit down and make some decision about what the heck this, you're going to do about any of this. And then the problem is, is that at those last minute pressured decisions, those are not the best decisions to make. Not only that, you then become highly inefficient because you haven't organized all the things you might want to do when you go to the hardware store all the things you need to do when you talk to your boss next, all the things you need to do when you talk to that client about all the things that, that might be relevant that you should have come up with in assessing all the open loops, et cetera. And so most people don't do all this proactively on the front end when things first have their attention. They do it when the heat then forces them to and forces them to focus their attention on these kinds of behaviors. How do you recommend that a person not be engaging in these five steps more as a reflex action or as a reaction to any pressure or stress, but that do this proactively so that they can bring some clarity and consistency and increase their productivity and their success. I'm going to give you a really complex, really detailed, and a really in-depth piece of technology. It's called pen and paper. <laughs> Okay. No Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi required, no battery required. Pen and paper. Grab pen, grab paper. What's on your mind about anything? What's on your mind about any of this stuff that's got your attention? What's on your mind about any of this? Write it down. Get it friggin' out of your head. First of all, your head is a crappy office, by the way. And that's the problem is most people are using their head as their office. And your brain did not evolve to remember, to remind, or to prioritize, or even to understand relationships between the stuff it's hanging onto in there. <laughs> and you know that that's the problem. So, and the cognitive scientists have now validated this. I discovered this 30 years ago, but they've now validated that about four things is the max thing that you can hold in your head. Otherwise, you're going to be driven by latest and loudest. So get the stuff out of your head. Duh, your head's for having these ideas, but not for holding onto them. So anything you can't finish the moment you think of it that still has some sort of a would, could, should, ought to tied to it inside of you, you damn well better get that out of your head. Otherwise, you'll be suboptimal in your performance. So write it down. That's step one. Just, God, just get a piece of paper and, and um, empty all that stuff out of your head. Little, big, personal, professional, buy cat food, get a life, uh, handle this client new thing, deal with this whatever. And that's going to take you from one to six hours, by the way, I guarantee you, if you really, really, really wanted to do that, most people have no idea how many things they've committed to, how many open loops they have internally. Uh, if you really get this, then that's going to be a transformational experience itself just to do that. So that's a first step is just unload, get it all out. But you can't leave it there. If you just leave it there, now you got a bunch of lists stuck all over the place and they'll crawl back up yeah. into your psyche and, and distract you again, unless you move through the next two or three processes, which are to clarify and organize. You need to then cat food. Okay, what are you going to do about cat food? <laughs> I need cat food. Great. Okay, then where do you organize some reminder of that that's appropriate? Oh, let me go write it on the poster on the fridge so my <laughs> husband and my wife will pick it, will pick it up. Great. Dude. You know, now you've implemented the master key <laughs> to get in your head clear. 
you need to appropriately engage with all of your commitments. But appropriate engagement includes both capturing, understanding what the things are that are not on cruise control, and secondly, deciding exactly what you need to do about them, and thirdly, parking results in some trusted place. So you mentioned meditation earlier. What role has that in your life? How did it help you, and how do you think it helped the listeners? Well, come on, take a breath. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Right. You know, anything that's going to allow you to kind of let go of, you know, like lift you up from the weeds we all get wrapped around and the mm -hmm. axle we get wrapped around. Anything, anything is going to like release a little bit of that pressure right, right now. Oh, okay. I see it. And it allows you to see things from a higher horizon. So, you know, meditation looks like a lot of things, but it could be quite simply stop. You know, I learned in the martial arts, focus on your breathing. If you get kicked in the wrong place in your body and you're in suddenly deep pain, focus on your breathing. It helps relieve that pressure because it brings you present. So anything <laughs> that brings you more present, as opposed to getting wrapped around the things emotionally or, or psychologically that we get wrapped around and just let you relax and lift up a little bit and see things from a little higher altitude is going to be highly valuable. As far as you can see, what has been when you wrote getting things done, what was the primary motivation of, besides you trying to help people from, I call it the head trash that we accumulate over a span of time and the distractions and so forth, what was the principal objective of you saying, you know what, this is the way I like to contribute. I like to help people get things done, but why? What was, what was essentially, do you think, the overall objective and how did you want to contribute to to the readers of your books? Well, Paul, I'd have to say that now, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, I've had various ways to try to describe what I figured my mission was or somehow my ministry was or however you want to describe that here mm -hmm. um, was was that we live in a world of, of projects, not problems. So getting people to get in the driver's seat about their life as opposed to complain and play victim is a huge part of, I think, what we need to learn here as human beings on the planet so that you, you know, you, you engage with your life and your destiny or your purpose or whatever, at whatever level you, you, you get that, but you engage with it so that you're in control of it and you're in the driver's seat as opposed to the victim of it. And that's a lot of what this methodology does, though it doesn't ask you to be transformed in your life or to go to take a lot of personal growth training, or it doesn't ask you to do any of that. It just asks you to, get clear about what that email means to you and what you're going to do about it. As opposed to sitting there and going, get back in the driver's seat. What yeah. the hell are you going to do with that? Right. And, and that simple little act, by the way, we're teaching this to seven, eight, nine year olds, as well as me coaching CEOs, mm -hmm. same methodology, but it, and you don't have to buy into, I need to transform my life or be a meditative person or to be a spiritual person or any of that stuff. You just need right. to get back in control. So getting back in control though, requires you to say what's out of control and what's not, what's got my attention, what's, what's, what's got me wrapped around the axle. And then how do I unwrap myself from that in such a way so that I'm not being distracted by it inappropriately. See, so here's the key, Paul, you know, yeah. the big secret. And because you, I know you're a classy guy and you've got such a classy audience, I'm going to give you this secret. Getting things done was not so much about getting things done as it is about just being appropriately engaged with all those things you're engaged with and committed to. Are you appropriately engaged with your health, Paul? 
Are you appropriately engaged with your physical health and body? Are you appropriately engaged with your relationships right now? Are you appropriately engaged with your computer? Are you appropriately engaged with your job? Are you appropriately engaged with your career? I could just go on and on and on and on and on. In these, you know, and, you bring a great point because these are questions that we really don't ask of ourselves. We just simply get into a stasis process of just autopilot and we just get up in the mornings, we go to work, we, and we, we can't wait until five o'clock comes back. We have dinner, we watch television, maybe read a book, then go to bed and repeat the process all over again. And oftentimes subconsciously. So I think that your process here will facilitate literally the lifting of a consciousness so that you can become more present and more aware of what you are engaging in. Would that be absolutely description? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the funny thing is, is nobody has to go very far to see how to start to implement this. Right. Just, just notice what's on your mind. Why is it on your mind? By the way, most people listening to this have probably had their mind go somewhere that had nothing to do with what you and I are talking about, Paul, while we've been talking. So if, if that's true for any of you listening to this right now, think about where did you go? Why did your mind go there? Paul and I don't care. I mean, yeah, we like it if you like what we're talking about. But frankly, you care because if you were trying to listen to us and then got distracted by something, it means that whatever that thing was means that there's something about that you haven't decided or something about what you decided about that you haven't parked in a trusted place that you think you are the right person will see at the right time. Whether that's, you know, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my bank account? What am I doing with this potential chief marketing officer that I should hire? Or should I get a chief financial officer first? Or what do I do about this hernia that I have? <laughs> Come on. Whatever those things are, those are the things to appropriately engage with. And you don't have to finish them to appropriately engage with them and get them off your mind. But you do have to apply this algorithm of thinking about them and making decisions about them and having a trusted system to park the results in. Well, now let me take you somewhere with this. So what I'm hearing you say also is that personal accountability is a very important component of this process because when you claim control of your life, that implies that you have to understand that you get to make decisions and that you are no longer playing the victim, but you have to be a player, so to speak. <laughs> I don't have to sell personal accountability. You are. Yes. Absolutely. Here's the I don't shoot the messenger. I'm just reminding everybody. I'm no, sorry. I think it's wonderful. The question <laughs> you, is, you, you will eat it. If you create it, you will eat it. You, that's you, right. The question that I have for you is this, David. Do you find that some of the people that you have spoken with in your, in your experience as a, a senior executive coach for CEOs or for whomever, that sometimes they don't want to have that accountability, and that's the reason they behave the way they do. They would prefer to be victims as opposed to players. Of course, and I'm so delighted that that's true because otherwise I'd have to find another job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I don't mean to be. You know, I know. Too about this, but but it's no, it's true. I mean, come on, this is we all tend to resist this. I mean, this is stepping up to the plate as a human consciousness and why you're on the planet and, and what you're here to do, what's your life purpose. So all of those things will roll down ultimately or roll up ultimately at some point. But I don't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a proselytizer. I'm not trying to get anybody to buy into this. I'm just a messenger. But if you want this, 
here's the way I've seen is one of the best ways to clear the deck. So if you're interested in getting to a higher altitude and operating from a higher level of performance and efficacy, you know, I've discovered this is absolutely invaluable stuff and bulletproof. Mm-hmm. You do it, it produces absolutely more space for you to do more meaningful things with a much clearer head and much less stress. That's great. And that's a great message. You know, I'm thinking or seeing some of the stuff that you've got on your website. You have the Mastering Workflow Series process that goes from fundamentals, projects and priorities and focus and direction. Can you give us a little bit of information about that? Because we'd like to make sure that our listeners go to your website and they start learning about what you offer. Yeah, well, we offer we, actually we offer a global set of, of courses. So what you just described is a set of a three three level set of things that that uh, we're offering at a it's a pretty sophisticated level of training, and we now have partners and franchise partners around the world who are now promoting, distributing, and delivering you know that methodology that we've been developing. We also in the United States, since most of your listeners are probably in the U.S., have just recently partnered with Vital Smarts very successful, very cool training company that was built on the Crucial Conversations book and and methodologies. And now they've taken on getting things done. They are now our exclusive distributor in the U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. and are doing and are, have their own version of our basic training, the basic GTD training. So um, if you, uh, anybody interested in that, if you go to vitalsmarts.com mm-hmm. and also we have a link to them from our site in terms of our partner for the U.S. And that's where they can experience a, a one-day seminar that's, you know, fabulous about this stuff. They, they've done a great job of, of describing that. So that's an entry point. If, if people have not read my revised version of Getting Things Done, which I published in 2015, you know, I would suggest that's a great starting point. It was really a manual that I wrote about this whole thing. So, you know, it, it, it has all the intricate details and subtleties and, and, and how-tos and whatever about that you know, in, in that book and it's an easy read. So, um, those are, those are ways to engage for sure. Very good. Very good. Uh, David, just to, uh, just a final couple of questions. Why do you think, and this is a human condition that of course, as you mentioned, uh, keeps you and myself employed, but why do you think that people have such difficulty with implementing and executing? I've heard somebody say once, the reason you didn't get those things that you were supposed to done is because it's so easy not to. And what thoughts do you have regarding that? And what can you leave our listeners with that they can take home and say, you know what, I'm going to take these two very simple steps and I'm going to apply them to try and fight off some of the, quote, easiness of not being or not doing something. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I heard this recently from Dan Pink, a friend of mine. You know, Dan's written some great stuff out there. He's, he's uh, you know, great some great books. Um, and I don't know if he, if he was quoting somebody else or he made it up, but I'll, I'll use it anyway. And he said, amateurs set goals, professionals do a process. And come on, this is in sales, you know. It's, it's called pick up how many calls do you make today? What's your process? Do the process. The process works. And so a lot of this has to do with building in the processes. So you don't have to go beat yourself up by setting big goals and big whatever. Just start to go, wait a minute. 
every day, let me make sure I empty my head in the morning. Let me make sure I review what's coming up toward me. Let me make sure I make next action decisions about the things that have my attention. And in building in that, those processes, I think, which is the, the key element to getting yourself past this sort of gravity that pulls us down into the easiest comfort zones that we then get sucked into. You know, I, I still work with this. Come on, I'm 72 and I, I still get, and I taught this for 30 years and I still get sucked into, uh, gee, it's so much easier to go handle email than to, than to spend my 10 minutes today that I need to learn learning Dutch. You know, I have to get myself to do that. But I don't get myself to learn Dutch. I get myself to do the process. To do the that process. Helps me do, that helps me do that. You know, you need to just build in the process so you bypass all of that, you know, self-talk freak out that the sensitive, creative, intelligent people do that are into perfectionism. Fascinating. Because you know what? It's funny you should mention that. The well-known martial artist Bruce Lee was once invited to a press conference and they asked him, Mr. Lee, how is it that you ensure that you win every fight, every fight and every bout. And he said, well, I never think about that. I focus on being present and never, never think about the desired outcome. I always think about the process and the things that I'm going to do in the here and now, because if I do that, the results will take care of themselves. Would you concur with yeah. that? Is that essentially what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, this is great. David, give us a couple of words of wisdom for our listeners as the things that you think on a global basis that would be the essential component to really have it as a point of ignition, as, a, as the starting point to begin this very important uh, lesson that you have just presented to us. Well, I have the first and the last two. You ready? Yes, sir. Shoot. Your mind is for having ideas, not for holding them. Number two, there are no problems. There are only projects. Love it. Powerful. Powerful. Very, very powerful. David, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate your wisdom and you taking the time to share your thoughts and ideas with our listeners and with us here at High Performance Business Solutions. We thank you very, very much. Uh, you are a prince among men. For those of you that you would like to uh, get additional information, you can get more information on David Allen from gettingthingsdone.com, and you will find a treasure of information, and you'll find uh, his courses and the services that he provides. I really recommend that you please look into that. And if you want to buy, if you want to buy Getting Things Done, how can they pick up that book, David? Oh, anywhere books are sold. Okay, yeah. so Amazon. I suggest you support your local bookstore. I mean, I'm, you know, they're, they're coming back alive again, and I love them so much. They're such okay. great Very good. Know, salons or whatever. So everybody go to your local bookstore and help support them and get it through them or Amazon or anybody else out there. Very well. David, thank you so much. And uh, we, we, we'd love to have you back again in the future. Would you, would you join us if we extended another invitation? Sure, no problem. This okay. is fun, Paul. Thank you so much, David. Folks, we want to thank you for your time. Until next time, this is Paul De La Garza with High Performance Business Solutions. Take care and be well. This has been a production of High Performance Business Solutions Coaching on the Go podcast series.